Hey girl, hey. hey. Here we go again. I do. Still have something yes, I do. Okay. So, I usually start off as a slumber party so uh, after a couple glasses of wine. <laughs> and then they're like, I'm a slumber party. <laughs> hey girl, hey. I am LaShawn Tipton, better known as the Chatter Chick. Hey girl, hey. I am the millennial chick. Hey girl, hey. Hey girl, hey. Hey podcast, other media today. Uh, I, I thought to name this particular episode, Republicans, am I right? I don't know why I just did that. I don't know. Yeah, My son yeah. thought it was funny. I don't know if our guest, he's smiling, so. I laughed. I laughed. <laughs> you want me over on that? Lenny McAllister is here. And we're going to give a background on Lenny McAllister real quick, but I am your radio chick, Kiki Brown. And I am the chatter chick, LaShawn Tipton. Our millennial chick is on vacation, so we have another millennial in for her. And Miss Portia Fox is being admitted to the room. So we'll once she gets comes back in, we'll talk. Once she gets settled, right? I don't know what happened, and then she's sideways. And then you're sideways. If you're watching the video, you'll see that this will be added to the blooper reel. It's the Hey Girl Hey podcast on Urban Media today. We have two guests today, uh, reoccurring guest, Portia Fox. She's also a radio chick for Wama 100 Hello. here in Pittsburgh, PA. Hey, Portia. Hello. I'm a little <laughs> and, missed right now. Hello. Like hello. And we have mm-hmm. Lenny McAllister, who is a Republican strategist, uh, who was the party's candidate for a Pennsylvania congressional seat in 2016. Um, he, he spoke at, well, he spoke on this past RNC and we're going to definitely get into detail when I wanted to talk, um, about the Democratic National Convention and the Republican National Convention. I was like, we, we, we always talk on a Democratic, uh, spectrum, like not a spectrum, but just kind of like on a level, like we all kind of agree on some things. And then when we talk about the Republican party, it's just so confusing and then it gets frustrating. And I was like, there should be someone that can answer our questions and someone we can trust their answers, someone that we have a relationship with, someone we can also call friend because not all Republicans are mean or bad, which is what I was told growing up. So Lenny McAllister, thank you so much for being here today. Well, Kiki, thanks for having me. The, <laughs> the thing that was disappointing though is, you know, it tells you where Portia is expecting this conversation to go because she started out going sideways, right? right. So we got to let her know this conversation's not going to go sideways. She can be safe here and we're, we're good. It's a safe space. <laughs> it's definitely a safe space. This is, and I was telling LaShawn off mic, I said, you know, I have so many questions because as a young, as, as a little girl, um, I was told by my mom and I actually confronted her the other day, like, mom, you messed me up. Um, she was just like, Republicans are for rich people. Democrats are for poor people. And that was it. That was it. There was wow. no other, there was no third, there was no nothing. And growing up, that's, that's what I dealt with. And I didn't understand until later I became a homeowner and of, of course, becoming a mother and paying taxes and, and owning a business. And then I got more involved in, in politics. And so I'm glad that you're here so that you can ask, answer a lot of questions and even misconceptions and maybe tell us what the hell is going on and so that we know not to think that every Republican is represented by this voice, that voice, that agenda, that agenda, hopefully. Well, I'm, I'm down for that. And I mean, the bottom line is, you know, we have to have a voice 
out there for our people at mm -hmm. all times. We have to have people that are advocating for what we need for our communities at all times, regardless of who's in office. And that's not just in Washington, D.C. That's whether that's here in Pittsburgh, when you talk about Harrisburg, PA, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, or, all, or local government as well, depending on what town you're in. So uh, mm -hmm. I'm very, very glad to do it. Okay. Well, well, Lenny is made aware that our first, our first half, we're going to just kind of wrap up the top stories and the top two stories. Well, one was Women's Inequality Day, Equality Day. Um, and then the other was the protest with the sports teams. Um, LaShawn, LaShawn is our chatter chick. She is the woman of a certain age. And this is the woman who is always booked and busy. Pretty much. Pretty so much. we kind of we kind of catch her up every week, but no, sometimes she surprises us and be like, "Oh no, that's she not." Be she, she be knowing. She be knowing. Yeah. She be knowing. Hello. <laughs> she said, "Don't play me." She don't. Said, don't don't do the Sean. Don't yeah. do like that. It's been one hundred years um, yeah. since the uh, nineteen twenty adoption of the nineteenth amendment of the United States constitution prohibiting the states and the federal government from denying the right to vote to citizens of the U.S. on the basis of sex. And I must confess and admit that I've been ignorant even to this event for so long, again, since becoming an adult, um, did not know about this and that's sad. Uh, maybe joining a sorority that has a lot of HBCU grads, understanding it on that level, but the celebration was amazing. I did not know about statues with men in parks. I, I, had, I didn't know. You know, you walk past the park and you see a statue. It's like, who's that? I don't know who that is. I'm so ignorant. Anybody else have an effect with this celebration earlier this week? With the Susan uh, B. Anthony and the woman yeah. uh, suffrage yeah. movement. Is that what they're? Yeah, suffering, yeah. I, I, love, I love it. I love the symbolism behind it, but you have the history and some conspiracy that said that uh, Susan B. Anthony wasn't that nice to Ida B. Wells. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wasn't there. I don't know. I wasn't there. You know, but <laughs> according, you know, there's all, there's always a deeper story behind something that always happens. And and honestly, there was a separation between the Black women's movement and the women's movement at some point in time because Black women recognized that. The white women weren't necessarily, it wasn't for all. It was more so, we won't take first digs and we won't see what we can do for you. Okay. So, I mean, it, it's, it's a marred situation, but in all honesty, there has, there's always a solution, there's a solution that came about it. So mm -hmm. it's still enough to be celebrated, no matter what happened underneath, you gotta, you kinda gotta recognize that without any victory, there is definitely some backstabbing, there's some, rivalry and things of that nature so i don't read into conspiracies that much whenever it comes to those type of agendas like oh well, i'm not going to not like susan b anthony for what she did yeah i didn't know her you know so it's like i like yeah. it and i'm glad that it is happening in central park and it needs to happen more because there really aren't any women memorials anywhere so i don't care what the backstory is i'm glad that it's there yeah, I mean, the whole thing about statues with women, I mean, we, we haven't seen that. So we're not, we're not accustomed to walking somewhere and say, oh, there's a statue of a woman. So we're so this used to- This is truth. Yeah, we're mm -hmm. so used to not seeing that, that it, it's, it's, it's nothing for us to see it. Mm -hmm. um, but this is, this is the thing here. Um, I think today, Black women, we still 
have to go through, we still have to fight. Like the fight is still there for us. Mm -hmm. Although they're, they're doing the march and they're talking about equality, the equality still hasn't came for us. We still, we're yeah, still, exactly. I've said it and I've said it on our shows. I think the, the black woman is the most disrespected woman. I think so. I think like- Disrespectful or disrespected? Disrespected, the okay. most disrespected woman. I, and the reason I say this is because even, I'm just gonna hit on this lightly and then we can just move on, but this is the reason why I say this. Even when it came to like the, the, the women that, that accused Harvey Weinstein of rape, they were white women and it was a big deal. But for so long, black women had been saying that, you know, she was raped, this happened to her, and it was all, we heard things, well, she had on this clothing, she shouldn't have wore this, she shouldn't have did this. And no one would think that a black woman get raped because a black woman can handle it, she can take, you know what I mean? So I'm glad for the march, I'm happy for the march. I, I'm glad that, you know, we're getting our equality, but we still got a ways to go when it comes to black women, I feel. And it's interesting that you all would bring this up because it always, anytime there's these types of celebrations in America, it always highlights the difference between what it's like to be one type of American and then what it's like to be black mm. in America. And, and to all of you ladies' points, I mean, there's so many things that black women have to go through and endure that we're just, even in 2020, finally starting to talk about out in the open on a regular basis. More often than not, things in regards to discrimination when it comes to the workforce, when it comes to treatment on the street, when it comes to gender dynamics, even when it comes to things when you talk about a women's movement, it always seems to be the suburban white mom that is, that is extolled in that. Right. And finally in 2020, we're talking about black women and finally starting to really talk about this is a different level of sexism and racism that black women have to go through. I mean, heck, everything from the way you all wear your hair at work, it's still legal in, in many states or across the country for an employer to come up and say, I don't like your hair like that. Yeah. Get rid of it or there's going to be consequences. Right. If 2020, we have 320 plus million people in the United States of America. How many languages are spoken in households across this country? And yet a black woman wearing her hair naturally, even as you're celebrating a hundred years of women's suffrage, when she goes back to the office as an attorney can still face repercussions for wearing her hair in its natural state. Mm -hmm. Just the dichotomy of that shows how much further we have to go along as an American yep. society. Exactly. Mm -hmm. exactly. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I say that we have made some strides. I mean, we had, a, a woman uh, secretary of defense, correct? Do we have a secretary? Secretary, right? yeah. Um, we have a woman that is running for vice president, a black woman. We have a, um, a, house, a speaker of the house, she's a woman. I mean, not many of the women in power um, are African-American, but I will applaud just so many, mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so with so, how far we've gone. We've, got, we've gotten so far from that 100 years. So I am proud. We do have a lot more work to do, though. I, I will say lot. that. And, mm -hmm. and I don't even know where it, where does it start? Does it start with changing uh, government, starting new laws? Does it start with us continuing to fight and marching and building, building statues? Like how, you know, making a statue is one thing, but 
some of the things still have to change. And how does that happen? Does that happen with changing the laws? I honestly don't feel like, yeah, okay. I honestly don't feel like that would happen without a woman being president or without a woman being a vice president or taking a higher seat um, and is involved in that type of activity and making sure those laws and imposing those and, and getting people on board with those type of things because there's a lot of advocacy for it. I think every first lady has a girls initiative or a young ladies initiative, whatever they come through. They have a kids initiative. I believe Michelle Obama had the, the fresh food initiative with the lunches. Um, but, and there was, a, there was a girl empowerment situation along with let's play the kid situation too. So mm -hmm. when everything was all inclusive. We have, I think don't forget, we have to say we have be best. Be best. Oh my God. <laughs> with the bullying. Go ahead. I'm just be saying. Best. <laughs> Be best, y'all. Be best. Be best. Be best. <laughs> be nice. Oh, be nice. Oh, oh, I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not. What? Not you. I'm talking about the women oh. of a certain age. Be best. Oh, oh. Lenny, do you want to jump in here before we? Well, <laughs> go ahead, Lenny. Be best. Part, part, listen to you now, LaShawn. That's the thing, right? You got to understand that even when the, these first ladies have had these initiatives, you're you're also kind of seen as the second fiddle just by the very nature yes, of yeah. you are mm -hmm. partnered with the president of the United yeah. States. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it goes back mm -hmm. to Portia's mm -hmm. point. Some of yeah. these folks have to be in the head honcho position. When you have a, a woman governor, let's say we have an African-American woman that's governor of, let's say, New York mm -hmm. coming up soon Ooh. when Andrew Cuomo moves. Or you, we have a D.C. mayor, for example, that's an African-American woman. Mm -hmm. When you start having people continue to move up the the, the chain of political success, that's where that advocacy comes from. And you can start seeing those changes. And it goes to your point, Kiki, mm -hmm. maybe we need to start seeing more statues where young girls, seven, eight, nine, can see themselves there. And then from there, it, it goes back to both sides, both genders talking about this in society so that when a 13-year-old girl starts wondering, can she be, be a general? Can she be president of the United States? Can she be the head of the bank? We don't act like it's a big deal when she has that aspiration. Mm -hmm. Part of the issue is when we yeah. act like it's a big deal, then in her mind, it's like, well, I got so much more to overcome because I'm not supposed mm -hmm. to be able to do this as a woman. Mm -hmm. right? That's got to be a ridiculous notion moving forward. Mm -hmm. Our young girls come to us at 15 years old and say, I want to be president by the time I'm 50. We got to kind of shrug our shoulders and be like, Okay. okay. Well, that means you got to you gotta do yeah. this. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this, and then send her on her way and help her out versus right. making it seem as though she's doing something fantastic. She has the same brain power and the same God-given talents that a boy her age might have. Exactly. We have to be able to project that and live that as a reality in our society, because too often we make it seem as though it's a big deal. We have to shift that, and that's a cultural shift that all of us have to make, including, and I hate to say this, including in African-American homes where we purport a lot of misogyny, but we don't like mm -hmm. talking about it. Right, mm -hmm. right, right. It is. Yeah. That's true. I, That's I, think true. It's, I think it's said whenever in this, in this day and age, we're celebrating being the first. Being the first black on my job, working at the front desk of a hotel. Like the first, what are you yep. talking about? This is a job. You know, well, we're first to be the first graduate first. of my, of my, in my family. The first college graduate. But those are things doctor. to be celebrated. Those are yeah. things to celebrate within the family. But when we're working jobs, when we're working with people that are supposed to be our equal and we're celebrating first on the job as being Blacks, that's yeah. not cool. That's, that's called my screwed up. 
Yeah, that's Kamala's headline. Everybody's everybody's Kamala is she's the first black nominee, the first black VP woman woman VP, like the first other than uh Miss Chisholm. So it's just mm-hmm. like and she didn't she didn't get as far as her. She just ran a race. But at the same right. time, and that was notable, and that's not, that's notable and that's admirable. And but We're but not, how many women are able to say that to little girls to say, Oh, she ran for how many years ago? In that time, how many women have been escorted and and trained and groomed for those positions? We bought the hype. We bought the hype, but we, we we were in on that. We said, well, you know, you your brother, he can be the president, but right. you can be his secretary. I have to interject no. here. This is the same generation. This is the same family members that celebrate a black man or a black woman coming out of prison will throw you a barbecue and celebrate that versus somebody that, yeah, we're going to graduate. Yeah, you graduated high school. Yeah, you graduated college. But it's not, the message is still the opposite. It's not, we're praising the wrong thing and we're telling our kids. Yeah, not my family. Well, you no, no, no. You're, you're, you're coming you're, out of you, jail. But not you every family, job, right? You won't have to cook out. <laughs> not every family, but it does happen. Oh, man, you are Joe College. I'm, you know, instead of just, instead of praising that person, that child's accomplishments, we, we down them. And so the conversation does have to start at yeah. home and we of need course. to start encouraging we our kids to read books. That, and We got that in our families. I mean, Everybody can has I, that in their families. Mm-hmm. Can I so what I will see as far as speaking for the millennials, I will say that um, I'm not a woman of a certain age, but I'm also no. not as young as I look. Um, a lot of my parents... You don't look that young. Don't play me. Don't, look <laughs> don't do me like that. No, I'm sorry, my sister. Yes, you did. Did you see that? Yes, Wait a minute. Yes, sis, no, my sister. I will never... I will never do, only joking, people. Don't think I put my sister... I'm sure I, did. I don't see I that. Did. I love I'm you only joking. So love you. I know. Love you. I love I love you because you do that. So that's why I like and I like to have fun like that. I'm sorry. I did it to Kiki. Sorry. Um Kiki does it to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on. Mm-hmm. Come on. Because so, we got okay, kind of so things and plus we got to talk to Lady about. So the things that I was saying as far as what to Kiki was saying as far as as we start. And the thing about my generation, even if they were pregnant, it had a teen pregnancy, they absolutely are celebrating their kids going further than them. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of, even in, with my generation too, even if they had a kid early, that didn't, I've seen so many, there's so, like everybody who I know who had a kid early, that did not stop them. Every single last That's one of them, thing. even if they had multiple, but they do celebrate their ch- children. I do see a lot of, a lot of extra YZ. Yeah. But for the most part, as a whole, um, there's a lot of encouraging to finish because they don't want them to be like them. And they swear that they're not going to be like them. There's a lot of fathers involved. I love that. There's a ton of fathers involved. There's now, so many yes. fathers involved. Mm-hmm. Oh my, mm-hmm. like, I'm just, and it just, it, it yeah. makes me so happy. So yeah. it's, it's starting just to give you, let you know that this is starting. So we just have to be a community and make sure that we all encourage them and the conversation has to change as well and the encouragement must continue um lenny brought up a good point just saying about how um when we see these statues that uh 12 to 15 year old girls can see something and see that as a motivation and see that as an inspiration just switching gears real quick with the um, black lives matter and the protests and the ongoing unrest in our neighborhoods in our communities prefer uh primarily black communities where an armed black man once again shot 
uh, by a police officer seven times, close range, you know, this, this reason for that and there's reason for that. Um, it, it, it got so serious that a lot of people who make a lot of money made some decisions that could, could have taken the bag, that could have taken their bag. And they said, I'm not playing until we have a conversation. And I mean, NBA, NFL stopped the practices. Major League Baseball walked off the field. Even Naomi Osaka, uh, she she didn't want to, she she didn't continue her tournament. They have all since returned. And I know that the playoffs will resume uh, Saturday. So, but just that much, and it was that much talk. Kenny Smith walked off the set on TNT. And it was just like, whoa, this was, this was big. This was major. Um, It's, it's something for us here in our homes to talk about. But then when you watch um, the, the political um, advertisements and even at the RNC and just the mention or the lack of mention, the compassion and the lack of compassion, to, to hear that is exhausting, it's hurtful, and something needs to be done. And just as our guest here, someone that's on a political platform, you know, I don't even know what to ask. I don't even know what to say. This is so major for our people that it's even be, it's beyond words. So what are your comments on everything that's happened this week? Well, Kiki, number one, I mean, let's think about it. One of the whitest sports in North America, the NHL, they stopped there. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that says that this is something that that's transformative, if you will, mm-hmm. in that, quite honestly, a different generation of people, people are used to looking at the uniforms and not realizing the age of the people wearing the uniforms. Right. So when you start talking about 19 to 40-year-olds, they view race completely differently than mm-hmm. older Gen Xers, baby boomers, and they're even that generation is even older than them that's still hanging around and voting. There's a disconnect in America. And when you, Kiki, you brought up the point that it wasn't mentioned a whole lot, if at all, at the RNC. They mentioned it a little bit more in regards to Jacob Blake's name on Thursday night than they did the previous three nights, okay. but still okay. not much, mm-hmm. still not much. And when you take that in consideration that they're not doing that and they're playing the law and order uh, mantra, if you will, and as I told Vice President Pence previously when he was here in Pittsburgh in June, it's not just about law and order. It's about constitutional law and order. It's about people feeling as though the Constitution provides them stability as African-American citizens just as much as it will be for white citizens. Mm-hmm. And when you're not talking about that, it indicates a lack of connectivity mm-hmm. to those portions of America. I would say a big reason why they didn't say anything over the course of the convention by and large is because they can't relate, they don't connect, they don't understand. Now, honestly, I feel as though that's part of my role in all this. How can I talk to all these different communities that are not saying the same thing? In some instances, they're talking past each other and start bringing about not just the necessary conversations with others like me, but also bring about the necessary changes in law so that you can have that constitutional law and order where there is true equality on the books and in practice on the streets. Right now, because we're not having robust conversations where we're talking with each other and hearing each other, what we're facing is just more frustration on both sides. And unfortunately, 
It continues to escalate all throughout 2020 at a time where we have a pandemic, at a time where we still have 12 million jobs lost since March, and at a time when we don't know how our kids are going to even go to school, let alone we're going to work and they're going to go to school and we're going to get back to normal. Mm -hmm. Anyone else want to comment? I just think this is a, a great conversation to have. And, and last night when I watched the, the RNC. Um, now I feel bad. Yeah, I, I watched, watched it. it. And she gave us the hard time. <laughs> I watched it. Uh, you watch it okay? Yeah, well, you know, I watched, I watched all of the other ones as well. Um, but it's just always been me, you know, I want to keep the knowledge. But when, when I watched it the other night, I thought it's, you know, when you skim over situations where you don't mention them and you skim over them, it's like you negate mm -hmm. the whole fact that it happened. Yeah. And, and and the more and more I watch it, the I start to boil up inside. I mm -hmm. I, I, I watched it because um, it it was on. You there's two there's two different newses. There's two different mm -hmm. news, news mm -hmm. There's Fox, and there's everybody else, right? Because yeah. Fox, I don't. I, I'm sorry. I've watched Fox, and I'm like, where do you? Like, how did you get that out of that? And I try to be objective. I try to be subjective. I'm like, how did you get that from there? So I watched, I watched the RNC on Fox. Wow. Right. You know, wow. I was just going to say, why? <laughs> no, I just said, well, because she challenged herself. I watched it on You, you have to. You have to. I Because you want to get an understanding of other people. Mm -hmm. Like, I, you know, whenever, when everybody says there's Democrats and Republicans, Mm -hmm. uh, I see people outside of the party and I want people to see each other outside of the party. I want people, mm -hmm. I want people to, I want them to be about the people and not the party. That's yeah. important to me, you know, and I think as some people, some people are not going to disclose to you that they're Republicans, but even if you are, if you are on the inside and you can talk to somebody like the president and tell him like you, like when you talked to Pence, Lenny, you told him how, you convey yes. to him the feelings. He wouldn't have heard that from an ear. He wouldn't have heard that from a Democrat. Instantly, yeah. when he, when a Democrat would have came up to him or said or addressed him, "Oh, I'm a Democrat, and this is the way Democrats feel," he's not going to receive Correct. that. We well, need. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So when you have big names like yourself talking to Vice President Mike Pence, and you have big names like LeBron James. And you have big names like Ben Roethlisberger, or you have uh, some of the other big name celebrities, their names escape me right now. And they're making this noise because they're using their platforms. It seems like that's just as far as it goes, because once it hits that, that podium, this, we're all getting the same information to me on my level of understanding. So people we're all get getting the same information. And so when it's when it's when it reaches the higher office i don't understand and, and we could talk more about the rnc and the differences between republican and democrat but just with this particular uh story is talking about the the sports um the sports teams taking a knee per se i um, think that was lovely protest i, I thought it was, was commendable i loved it awesome why is the message mm -hmm. different once it gets to a certain level of government because it's like we all get the same for it depends on who you're hearing it from. Because I saw an interview with what's his name, Eric Eric Kushner. Is that the president? Jerry Jerry and Jerry called him said, Eric. No, that's yeah, the know. son. Yeah, that's sorry. okay. One of them. She said one of them. 
his son-in-law. <laughs> but you know his what he said? You know, his, his thing was, he, he put it as if they have enough money to take the day off. They're lucky to be able to take the day They're off. They're lucky to, be, to t- be able to take the day off. It wasn't about taking the day off. Then again, you swept over the situation. <laughs> but it's the same message lucky. with the taking the knee when it was offending the, um, the military. It had nothing to do um, with the military. It had nothing to do. But when, when it you, wasn't offending the military, the military were the ones that also, want, it was a military veteran that went to Colin Kaepernick and said, hey, um, this is a way of honoring the flag without disrespecting it. Because if you remember, he initially just wouldn't stand up. Right, right. Yes. And he said, well, I don't want to disrespect the flag. I don't want to disrespect veterans. What do I do? And that's when it was take said, you take a knee. So, you know, it, but LaShawn, you're bringing up very good points. And, but it goes mm-hmm. back, and I want to kind of blend what Kiki was asking and what you brought up, LaShawn. People, even if they don't hear, and you have people extolling or, 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 or advancing a certain position and saying certain things, after that, though, it goes back to what's the effort behind the scene. And, you know, I just saw something on social media recently, that if, and if this is true, this could be a very big game changer for November, that apparently a lot of the NBA arenas are going to become polling places. Right. There's not going to be these hours of waiting lines. Well, if they didn't play this week earlier, to leverage that point to get to that point in time to make sure that every American eligible to vote that wants to vote on election day has an opportunity to vote without standing in line for 12 hours and possibly risking their health, not just because of COVID, but because it's right. winter time. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Alone, I mean, there's something to be said oh, about that. I can tell yeah. you what I do. Yes, I had my conversation with Vice President Pence, and I've had my conversations with others throughout administrations, both in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and Washington, D.C., but I also have to do the work to look at what laws need to be changed. How do we go after proper police reform? How do we go after proper education reform? How do we go about getting people back to work during the pandemic and getting back to work safely? If we're just saying something, it's a nice soundbite and something to commend the NBA players with any others that took the form of protest throughout this past week is they're also putting things into motion, getting money into the movement, looking at reform and laws, making sure that it doesn't just hit the podium, Kiki. It also goes to the legislature. It also goes to Congress. People mm-hmm. start writing proposals. We start moving things through the legislative process mm-hmm. and we get laws on the books that will bring about that constitutional law and order, that greater sense and deeper, truer sense of equality. So it is making, so their attempt um, to, to, to send a message by not playing in protest, it, it, it did send a message and it got the wheels going and it got the conversation started and so now it just, it still needs to push and needs to be continued and of course we we need to continue to to make some noise so that something you know these things can't change we're going to take a um a quick break because um i have questions Portia has questions i think LaShawn has questions um to lenny McAllister. uh lenny McAllister and LaShawn and i we always talk about our top five that we should have in our pocket. LaShawn number one says Jesus, right? Right. And then we need to have a police officer, 
Jesus. But, but uh, well, yes, okay. <laughs> Police officer, or you have shouts to Elizabeth, who's with the Citizen Review Board. Uh, and then you have a lawyer. A lawyer. Shouts to Lauren. Yes, um, and who else was, now we have a Republican. Mm-hmm. Um, and then who else, who else do we first have? A pastor. A pastor. All right. Can you imagine all them walking into a bar? I was going to say it sounds like a bad That's where I was going. Sounds like a bad joke. <laughs> Jesus ain't walking in the bar. He ain't yeah, going to bar. Jesus going to bar. He, he took people to bar. <laughs> all right. Hey. We're going to take a quick break. We are here with Lenny McAllister, uh, a Republican strategist, but he's going to talk more about what he does and, uh, and why he chooses to do what he does and hopefully break some misconceptions. He's also a political commentator. Um, so he's here. He's our real, uh, good friend of the show, and we're going to ask some questions and, and get some answers and learn a little bit more. So this is the uh, Republicans, Am I Right? episode of Behavioral Health Podcast on Urban Media today. Hold on. This segment brought to you by Parity Health Information and Technology, LLC, a woman and minority-owned small business founded by Iris P. Fry to assist and guide its partners with transforming healthcare and exploiting appropriate technology to educate, motivate, measure, manage, and report a business impact on the underserved, at-risk, and minority populations. Located in Madison, Alabama, Parity Health Information and Technology, LLC, is passionate about providing the right resources to their partners to achieve the highest success. For more information, log on to ParityHIT.com or call 256-459-6021. Hey, girl, hey. Hey, girl, hey. Hey. It's the Hey Girl Hey podcast on Urban Media today. Lenny McAllister is our guest, and same for Portia Fox. She visits us today while JoJ takes the week off. Uh, Lenny McAllister is a political commentator and a Republican strategist. Is that correct? Is that title correct for you? Did you add more? Because that was the last time I looked. No, let's just keep it there. I, I, okay. I do a little bit of everything. I, uh, <laughs> I, host, I host an online show called Red and Black, which yeah. takes... Uh, all four of the African-American writers for redstate.com. And every week we do an online show where you get four different diverse opinions of what black conservatives think of the news of the day. And you, I, I got a woman that was born in Canada that's biracial, that is a conservative that lives in, in California, a black man that's married to a white woman that lives in Missouri, a black man that lives in Austin, Texas, and me. So... <laughs> Just with wow. being that sounds interesting, honestly. That's all over the place. So mm. you can imagine how our conversations go over the course of an hour. So Red and Black is online. It's on YouTube. You can check it every week on the weekends if you want to do that. I also write for Red State and, and work in public policy for Commonwealth Foundation. Okay. Awesome. When did you know that you were a Republican? I, I knew I was a free market thinker and a conservative. Um, mm. I think that being a Republican if you're caught up in the identity of partisanship, it's very easy to go along with the flaws of your party. You know, people critique the Republican Party for condoning some of the stuff that Donald Trump has done, or people have said that about Democrats over the years as well. I mean, a lot of times African-Americans complain that, okay, I mean, perfect example here in Pittsburgh, the Democratic Party endorsed every single incumbent in 2020, except the one rock star they had that went to Harrisburg in Summer Lee. 
She's literally mm -hmm. in leadership in the Black Legislative Caucus out of Harrisburg. And right. that's the one person they wouldn't endorse as an incumbent. And then they ran somebody against her. Yes, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, you could say that about both sides. Do you go along with your party and kind of condone that type of stuff? Or do you say, I, I believe in these principles. I'm part of this party, but that's not my identity. I see myself as a free market thinker. First of all, I'm a child of God. Second of all, I'm a black man in America. Then from there, I'm a Republican. And as such, if there's a flaw with the principles, I feel that I'm empowered through those other identities to critique it where necessary. Uh, that's really important to hear. Uh, that's really important to me to hear you say that because from, from my ignorance of what I know about Republicans um, and from what I've seen on TV is that from especially from the man that we have in office now is that they condone what he says and and just plain out say it like yeah we agree and i'm like wow you know so to hear you say who you are as a man and and that it's not about the party for you it's about the you know making the change is really important i think for people to hear because we, when we hear Republican and Democrats, you know, it's just like when people, if you say you're Republican and you're around a whole bunch of Democrats, we're like, ah, shut up. You know, I don't want to hear what you got to say, you know, but people have to learn outside mm -hmm. of that, what you really stand for. And mm -hmm. my concern when it comes to Republicans, my concern is, is that I, I, when, the more and more I see Republicans and Democrats have a lot in common and they're trying to get the same thing together, yep. but there's one person that is stopping it. And it's like one group doesn't want to confront this person and say, hey, that doesn't make sense. It's like both parties want the same and they're trying to work to get the same thing accomplished. But when it's time to lean and say which side you're on, it just seems like the one side that knows right from wrong leans with the, to me, what I call wrong. So it's like as much as you would fight for something, this person that's in leadership now is going to shoot it down. I don't care how compassionate people are. It looks like he's going to shoot it down. But unfortunately, it's been politics like that for quite some time. If you remember when President Obama was in there, you had Republicans that were pushing back on most of his proposals, mm -hmm. especially when oh, the Republicans controlled both the U.S. Senate mm -hmm. and the U.S. Congress. Mm -hmm. But if you go back to 2009, when they were going over the health care reform, and I still remember mm -hmm. this. People don't bring this up. Mm -hmm. President Obama gave a speech. I believe it was in September 2009. Two very key things happened in that speech. The first one you'll remember. If you remember Joe Wilson, from, from former congressman from South Carolina, he yelled, you lie. Yeah. Obama during that speech, which right. was just abhorrent. And there, everybody from both sides of the aisle pushed back and said, you just don't do that. Right. During a joint session of Congress with the president. Mm -hmm. But the thing that was overlooked in that speech as well was the president tried to tell Democrats, there are certain ideas that Republicans are trying to put into this health care reform bill that would make it less expensive, that would make it more productive, and you need to include them in some of the negotiations. The Democrats basically looked at President Obama, people mm -hmm. such as Terry Reid, people such as Rahm Emanuel, people such as Nancy Pelosi, and said, listen, kid, you're only about 48 years old or so. You just got here as being the president. 
we've been in for a while, let us handle this. And they basically railroaded their version of the bill through Congress, through the Senate, they changed laws and basically ignored what President Obama was trying to get when it came to bipartisanship. Mm -hmm. I bring that up to say this, the toxicity of American politics has really taken us off the rails as a country for two decades now, before Donald Trump, before Barack Obama, and it's been moving back. You would think that 9-11 would have been enough to unite us for quite some time, and it did it for just a moment. And you know, before you knew it, you had people calling Condoleezza Rice a mammy, mm-hmm. that all the other stuff about Barack Obama's a Muslim that hates America, and it even, it even took John McCain to say, no, he's a good man. I just disagree with him on some mm-hmm. policy issues. Oh, Trump wrote a whole bunch about him. Well, and then we won't- and I it, mean, it was it, a lot of other people the too rhetoric, before Trump even came yeah. to the picture. And then the rhetoric continued to escalate through the Obama years. Yeah. And then once 2016 hit, it went through the roof. And we have had something very uniquely problematic to deal with over the four years since then. And then the pandemic, and then the racial tensions that we're seeing in our country. But it, it's very important, back to your point, LaShawn, for people to understand where people are coming from, from a policy standpoint, and be able to articulate that. If I came on mm-hmm. here and said, I'm a Republican because I'm a free thinker. One of the things we heard in the, the RNC was from Vernon Jones, who's a Democrat from Georgia, that said that Black Democrats are on a mental plantation to vote for the Democratic Party. I can't mm-hmm. stand hearing that. And mm-hmm. if, if I came on here and said that same exact type of rhetoric, you wouldn't hear another thing I had to say, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. We should shut you off. Past that, of course. Well, should you or should you not? If I'm insulting your intelligence right off the bat, mm-hmm. why would right. you say anything else that I'm saying? We right. have to get more of us past that point of time. And unfortunately, we don't have enough leaders in office or in, in the mainstream media or social media that's actually purporting unity versus division and let's try to beat the other person into submission. You have, I'm sorry, Portia, for so long, and I, I may have said this off mic, but just for so long, what I've, what I've been told, the, the misconceptions when my mother said, Republicans are for rich people, Democrats are for poor people, growing up with that, and I believe that's something that LaShawn said too, you just, you're just, it's embedded in your head that Republicans are not for people like me. And so immediately I thought I never had an opportunity to make the decision if I wanted to be a Democrat, a Republican, an independent. And what's so sad is I don't even know the other parties, right? So I just knew that when you vote, you hit the lever, all Democrat. And I didn't realize until later that you really have to look and see who, you know, whose agenda you agree with and disagree with, and that determines who you vote for. It didn't happen until I became a taxpayer, it didn't happen until I became a mother and a a homeowner and now a business owner. And and now I'm trying to plan my retirement or go back to school and get my master's degree. A lot of those things, the person, there there are people um, in office that are in charge of those actual goals that I'm trying to reach. They they have the power to say, yes, you can do it. No, you can't do it. You got to work harder to get it. You got to get more money. You're not eligible for that. You're not, hopefully I got that that right. Or I don't know if I do. So for, for us to have you here to dispel those rumors and those misconceptions, because there was a time that I was like, well, am I a Democrat? Am I? Because I don't believe... <laughs> 
I laughed because Portia and I had this conversation. I said earlier this week, I was like, I don't think college should be free. <laughs> and then I was talking to my advisor and I logged on to my fast fund. It was like 95 grand. I was like, well, goddamn. <laughs> you know what really? I mean? <laughs> Can I get so, a little uh, you don't want to be free? <laughs> Wait Come a second. Again. Wait a minute. I'll take that That's back. I'll take that back. You don't want the first two years at least. <laughs> I take that no, back. No. But a lot of things I don't agree with. I don't. I don't ag- I don't agree. I do believe that you should have to, you know, you should work hard. You shouldn't get just stuff just handed to you. You should work hard because that's that's how I was raised. Says, but who who's the part what's the party that said we're getting stuff handed to us and that, that there was a, a person and Lenny, tell me if I'm correct. I did watch some of the RNC yesterday, um, and there was a young a gentleman who talked about a woman that went it from him or something, and she had made a comment about being a part or being in the system, um, and he was saying like I don't understand how you would just live a life. You're, the Democrats want you to be stuck. They don't want you to strive. They just want you to be stuck right there and not pursue any. In anything further as far as an education or becoming a homeowner or a business owner, and I think that message was cut off. I'm I'm not sure, but yeah, that's, that's lies. Okay, so Lenny, maybe you want to. I said a lot. Sorry. Oh no, please. It's all good. <laughs> it's your show. I mean, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> you know, you got to understand that there there was Andrew Yang out there that ran for president as a Democrat, long yeah. shot candidate. He his whole thing was that every American should get a certain stipend every yep. month. Now, I think it was $2,000, yeah. So with that said, where does that money come Come from? from? You know, or people that are saying all healthcare everywhere should be 100% free, the AOC plan or or the new green deal, as as she put it. Do you know how much that would, that went into trillions and trillions of dollars. You can't tax businesses that much without them either folding up Mm-hmm. or leaving America. I mean, there's a reason why jobs that our folks in our communities used to do that were good working class jobs where mm-hmm. you can buy a house and give that house to your kids moving forward and get them through school while you worked a, a steel mill job or a manufacturing job, they left 30 years ago because of taxation and, and business competition throughout the globe. So when you start looking at those things where people are trying to expand what government will give you, whether it's free college for the first two years or the first four years, or free health care from womb to tomb, when you start talking about those type of things and the dollar signs attached to it, that's where you get the pushback. Now, of course, everything is not just in one extreme or another. That's where you're supposed to have good politicians, good leaders that can negotiate these issues and figure out what's the sweet spot where people that need that little bit of a boost to get them to prosperity can do it and then be self-sufficient for the next mm-hmm. 50, 60, 70 years of their lives mm-hmm. versus just going, cut them off. And if they struggle, they struggle, or it's always going to be there. You don't have to try that hard. That's where good government and good leadership connected with the community, as well as understanding the policies and the laws, that's where that bridge is supposed to be. But is it necessarily that is it necessarily that we help one group of people to be where another people where another group is, or do we level the playing field for everybody so that everyone has an equal opportunity to reach it? You it know, comes down to the dollar, right? We talk, but when we talk about healthcare, there's other countries that 
they have universal health care and they're surviving they're, on universal health care. But their health care isn't substantial. Sorry to cut you off, but their health care isn't what you would They come down to Pittsburgh to go to UPMC. No, they don't. No, they don't. For, for major surgeries and brain surgeries, they're coming here for that stuff. Yeah. I mean, there was a reason why Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh was one of the leading children's hospitals in the nation over the last 60 years because of the innovation that we have here in America when it comes to healthcare reform or, and, and healthcare services. But at the same exact time, LaShawn, you have to also look at some other things as well. When you're talking about a country that has one-tenth the size, Bernie Sanders used to love to talk about universal healthcare in Canada. I love it. And, Canada has 30 million people there. I worked in Canada. I thought it was awesome to go to their, to, to work inside of their pharmacy and in a hospital and see nobody there because people weren't using emergency as a doctor's appointment because they don't have health care. So they use the emergency room as a doctor's appointment. At the same exact time, I, I worked in Canada for a call center and did some training up there. And I remember the case of people that had to wait four weeks for a dental emergency. I knew a, a young lady that fell off a horse. She was pretty certain she broke her wrist. She had to wait two weeks for an x-ray. I mean, when you have those type of, of rationed out healthcare situations, they're, they're non-emergency you know, per se, but there's, there's an urgent need sitting there. Couple that with the fact that Canada doesn't have to worry about spending as much money on its military. Why? Because the United States is sitting down south doesn't have to worry about having the same level of an economy. Why? Because right south of the border is this huge country of 325 plus million people where Canadians can go get jobs or at the very least have a good trade partner. We're the ones that have the trade deficits. Why? Because we're one of the biggest countries in the world. Therefore, even if you went universal health care in the United States, the cost to us is not going to be the same. We're going to have to give something up. We're also the biggest, baddest military in the world. The reason why- Are we? Are, yes, mm -hmm. we still are. We yeah. still are. And the reason why our businesses can do what they do around the world, the reason why our citizens by and large can travel wherever they want around the world is because nobody wants to mess with the United States of America. When it comes to the military might, we have military bases everywhere. We're the number one economy in the world. There's a price for that. If you pay for that, you're going to have a hard time paying for universal health care, universal college, et cetera. That's what often gets missed. When you compare us to Sweden or Norway and say they have universal health care, yeah, you know what? They also would lean on the United States if Germany did what they did in World War I and World War II and started invading Western European countries, they would lean on the United States like they did in World War I and World War II to put down the threat. There's something to be said about the money that goes into that that leads to our lifestyle as well. And that's so, a give and take there that we have to consider. So, but my concern is the, the give would be to, to, to give more to military and take more from the health of people no, it's if you want one, you can't. You can't have both. You can't have both. Oh, is or, that no, or universal health care? Now we're not talking about better health care. You can. We have to strive for better health care. There's people that don't have any. I understand that, and there mm -hmm. there should be there should be considerations for that. There should be laws that expand the safety net for those that need it. And, and no one's saying. Well, there are some that would probably say that you shouldn't. I'm not saying that. There are, there are avenues that we should go down to make sure that those that need the most 
have that safety net there because if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. At the same exact time, if you start talking about proposals such as universal health care and you talk about the price tag for that and what you might have to give up, I mean, we're living in a time where they did fly airplanes into buildings in New York. We've gotten very close to up Times Square. I mean, we had a threat in Pittsburgh not about a, two years ago. We had a threat in Dallas. We've had terroristic shootings previously. The last thing we want is to let our guard down and lose that as well. We're seeing the expansion of, 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 um, of aggression with Russia and, and the Trump administration has not necessarily helped with that. We've seen Chinese aggression which impacts the, the global economy. When you start talking about those threats, we've talked about North Korea over the years and firing off their missiles. And now Kim Jong-un apparently is in another coma. So there's gonna be instability there. I thought he was out picking corn the other day. They had him out picking corn. Yeah, but he, there's also rumors that he's taking over more responsibilities yeah. and he's sick again. Yeah, so they're posing him. You have all these different situations that the United States is the primary actor in making sure it doesn't get too destabilized. The United States being involved in the Middle East with Israel versus much of the rest of the Muslim Middle East, we're usually the ones that tamps Israel down so that they don't get too aggressive and they don't get proactive and start a possible Third World War. There's something to be said about making sure that the American presence keeps peace around the world even as we continue to try to improve the domestic quality of life with things such as healthcare reform, education reform, and the like. Lenny, is that helping though? When you mentioned keeping the, the peace with other world world leaders, we got did people you say dying. that? Well, no, I mean, I'm just saying, I think, think with, this, with this recent administration, and Portia, I know you have a question, but with this recent administration, mm -hmm. it seems as though we're kind of separate from the other countries, whereas, would it make sense, and maybe this is my democratic brain thinking, would it make sense if we all just got along? This is, where, this is definitely where Donald Trump has been different than <laughs> both Democratic and Republican previous um, administrations. Yeah. It's been, there have been some instances where people can say, well, you've had some successes, such as the recalibration of the North American um, Free Trade Agreement. But then there's also been some things that people have shrugged their shoulders and said, okay, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. Such as the, in, the increased Russian involvement in Ukraine. Now you're having the problems with elections in Belarus, mm -hmm. which people are suspecting that Russia's having an influence on again. We're already hearing about the Russian-based um, troll farms coming out of Romania and other portions of Eastern Europe that are mm -hmm. already online pretending to be black here to try to influence the election saying, I love Donald Trump. And they say the same thing five straight times that you can tell it's a bot. We're already hearing about that because of some of the cover that people are alleging that the Trump administration has given by not being hard enough on Russia mm. and those things. So to your point, and of course, the EU has been more and more distant from us. Heck, we still are finding American restrictions traveling to Europe because of how they view, how we have dealt with the coronavirus. So you're mm. right, Kiki. There have been consequences to how Donald Trump has dealt with international diplomacy over these past four years. And again, there's something to be said about what do we do as a nation to recalibrate that, whether he's president for four more years or not, because it's still our country. Right. Portia. Y'all didn't answer every question that I had. So much. <laughs> I'm just here for the conversation well, now. Liddy, I, I, I want to just ask, I hope that this does not come off as inappropriate, but do you ever hear 
um, some of your re Republican, I don't know what you call it, colleagues, say some things, you're just like, what? Yeah. Uh, I'll yeah. take it out. No, I, every day life. I'm not going to say every, every day, and I'm not going to say every one, because that would not be true. There are some genuinely wonderful people that get it, yeah. that I work with in the party, that I work with at my job, that I work with in media. But has there been times over the course of my political career where I've had to everything from give somebody the side eye to just give somebody the, the, the proverbial smackdown? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I have no problem doing it. Like I said, I'm a child of God first, which means I believe in justice. Second of all, I'm black. So I believe in what we need as a people. Third, I believe in doing what is fair and just. I do believe in American values and I'm not going to, to, to carry Republican water when it's walking against justice and equality. I'm just mm -hmm. not going to do that. And there have been instances where, you know, to be honest with you, it's a teaching lesson. Sometimes it's not, they're malicious. Right. Sometimes it's, I am from a rural part of the country. The only black people I saw growing up were on Thursday nights at eight on NBC. Those, mm -hmm. were, the, those were the Huxtables. Yes. Who, by the way, didn't really exist. Yep. And they lived in this place called New York City that I've only been to once on right. New Year's Eve. So it takes exactly. time to say, no, this is how you, and they may be influential over policies. If you're not trying to teach them the importance of how to see things differently, they take their limited knowledge and they go write a bad law. So there's mm -hmm. that, but there's also times where people are intentionally and deliberately being divisive. And then I got business choices to make. And I look over the years, I've lost friendships. I have lost opportunities. I've, I've told people, I, there's a point in time I lost over a half a million dollars in, in potential income wow. standing up for what's right. I have no problem mm -hmm. doing that. I mean, you know, thank God I'm married to a strong black woman that wants me to be a strong black man versus just a rich black man or else I'd be divorced. <laughs> but with that said, having her yeah, by yeah. my side allows me the ability to stand up when those instances come up. That's important. It is extremely important. All right, I do have a question. <laughs> so during the RNC, because we went way past RNC, my question is pretty much RNC related, but I'm going to go back. So during the RNC, Ivanka Trump was making her speech to present her father. And I will say this, whoever wrote her speech and also who wrote Trump's speech, even though a lot of it was a lot of misinformation, they, they did the best that they could. They did a really good job with her speech. Ivanka had had a segment where she named out um, the laws they had pretty much set forth in, in place as far as like childcare um, and, 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 and bringing back jobs. And she made, she painted a nice picture. I, I just wanted to know why the response from the crowd was so limited. Whenever she was reading the things that we as black people would be interested in, because I know that a lot of people have to pay for childcare, there was literally just silence. Is those, are those common practices and common things that the lower class may need, or is that something that the Republicans genuinely have no interest in, not unless they're like you, Lenny, who is somebody for the community and who is Black and who can relate, because the mute, the sounds that I heard versus clapping for the police officers was just this. So I'm just, I don't, I don't feel like we ever feel comfortable around Republicans because of course, like you just said, they don't really relate. A lot of them come from rural places that been to New York once or come downtown and just see activity and they get scared. So are we really an afterthought to Republicans? What's interesting, Portia, is you gotta understand. So I'm gonna give you a little bit of um, convention insider baseball 
and then mm -hmm. also go to leadership and the tone of leadership. So let's take it two different ways. When you talk about a lot of speeches, whether it's for the convention, and I've done a lot of speeches in my, over the course of my career, when you're doing something that's televised, right? Like when mm -hmm. I had my PCNC show, there's a commentary or a speech that you're doing for your immediate audience, the people that's right in front of your face, whether that's five, 50, 500, 5,000. Mm -hmm. Then there's the audience you don't see, the thousands of people behind the camera, the, the, the video that's gonna go viral, the, the, the quote that's gonna be clipped and sent to somebody or be part of a news story. Mm -hmm. So when you write a speech, there are certain applause lines that's for the people right in front of your face and mm -hmm. then the people that are not gonna be in front of your face. So when you think about stuff like the police lines, who's that going to be for? It's probably going to be for the 500,000 people that are sitting there at the White House on Thursday night that are into the Blue Lives Matter movement. In you know, and I don't care what anybody says. A lot of that is pushing back on Black Lives Matter. It, mm -hmm. it should not be yeah. conflicting interest. Blue Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, the end. All lives matter. All of that is pretty much Thanks. conflicting with the topic. Mm -hmm. but. Yeah, exactly. But then at the same, when she's saying that, about child care, who was she talking to? African-American mothers. Potential voters. Suburban mothers. Look, mm -hmm. suburban mothers in, in Philadelphia and the collar counties where they need voters that are white and 37 years old and she's the manager of XYZ organization and her two kids under six need daycare after school. That plays to them too, especially Ivanka Trump as this blonde woman who also has young kids. True. Now, with that said, let's go to the tone of leadership. It's unfortunate that Republicans don't get the applause lines with things that help people move from where they are to where they right. want to be when it comes to chasing and securing the American dream. We have right. to make that more of an exciting, not just a talking point, but a legislative victory on the Republican side of the aisle, rather than saying, well, we're just helping these poor kids take care of their kids. No, mm -hmm. we're helping a, a young mother who's her husband, because we're assuming that all these black mothers don't have daddies in their homes, and that's wrong. You know, what happens if her husband works second shift while she works first shift and there's no overlap and grandma is 80 years old and can't watch the kids because they're too busy? She mm -hmm. needs daycare to make sure that they can take those two incomes to make sure they can pay for that house get a lower interest rate, and then get those kids into a good school. If you can make that case to the African-American family, then you can build a bigger applause line as far as an immediate reaction, but also resonate with our community as potential voters, potential supporters of some of our policies. Unfortunately, Portia, we're not there yet as a Republican Party collectively, but ideally we'll be able to, to coalesce around those type of of understandings, if you will, of how America truly works throughout our diversity. But All right, so a question, I'm sorry, the question to go after that was, um, what I've noticed during the DNC was like Mitt Romney, who was of course a Republican, he's crossing party lines endorsing Joe Biden. And I just would, was wondering, for this election, would you be interested in crossing party lines or are you a true loyal Republican? Like I know most Come on over Republicans to the light. are. Come on over to the light. I'm not, I'm not even going, I'm not, I can't even on, in all <laughs> honesty, 
I have my differences between, of course, the Republicans, but even with this Democrat, I love the compassion. I love the empathy that I'm going to get from Joe whenever I, you know, whenever that goes out. If you, not even if, but I love that aspect of it because it feels good to my heart at this moment because it's just so cold with what we're going through right now. But I'm not hearing enough of plans. Um, I'm not hearing enough of what, what's going on. All I'm hearing is, last between the two. Trump is saying that Biden is for defunding the police when Joe Biden actually is not against any of that. And that's also very confusing to people who don't pay attention. Are you crossing party lines? <laughs> Are you crossing party lines? That's the question. Well, I, Would you be willing? I will say this. I didn't vote for Donald Trump four years ago and I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. I mean, it, it was pretty well published when I was running for Congress four years ago that I was I was not a never Trumper, but I was not somebody that was supporting the, the ticket. In fact, one of the reasons why I was not at the convention four years ago and did not speak at the convention four years ago was because I would not endorse uh, Donald Trump for president. Uh, with that said, it's a little different now. I don't know. As of right now, I'm, I don't know where I'm going to vote. I'm going to keep it a secret vote. I do appreciate some and of And that's your right. Mm -hmm. And I do well, and let me clarify, I do appreciate some of the things that the Trump administration has done. They've been very big on school choice. They've been trying to expand educational opportunities, particularly to African American students that don't have access to good schools. I support that. I do support some of the criminal justice reform that they did federally and how it's influenced the statewide level. At the same exact time, I probably could have been involved in this convention, not necessarily speaking because I'm not running for Congress, but you know, in regards to something behind the scenes or supporting some of the activities over the course of the four days, I couldn't do it. I still cannot get on board with some of the language. I think if you recall, mm -hmm. I brought up my, my conversation with Vice President Pence. He's still on law and order. I'm still on constitutional law and order. And it's very hard to be behind a ticket that's going to say, We'll hear your demands once you stop protesting. You can't kneel because you're sons of bitches if you kneel. You mm -hmm. can't boycott because if you boycott, it's silly. That's one of the things that a, a Trump uh, and Pence staffer just said this past week. If, if you're marching in the streets, then you don't really have a right to march in the streets. And if anybody else creates any type of violence, we saw Antifa, we've seen white militias, we've seen anarchists cause problems in the streets, we get blamed for that too. And yep. so it's very hard to say, I'm going to carte blanche, get behind the Trump-Pence ticket if they're not getting those realities, even with some of the policy things that I do support. At the same exact time, I'm looking at Biden-Harris and I'm saying, you know, Vice President Biden, the crime bill from the 1990s, some of your comments over the course of this presidential campaign that you have misstepped where, where you've been back and forth on policy. You have not been consistent. He was very much against charter schools, something that we disproportionately encourage in Pennsylvania, but now mm -hmm. he's trying to moderate that. But as soon mm -hmm. as the teacher unions get back on him, he'll be anti-charter again. Well, does that mean that our kids are gonna be stuck in bad schools? He made the gaffe of saying that poor kids can be just as smart as white kids. Well, who are you defining as poor kids when you're saying that? I'm looking at this, I wouldn't be surprised if I voted for a third party this year. I, I did it <laughs> years ago, to be quite honest with you. Don't vote for Kanye West, just as long as I'm, you don't well, vote for Kanye West. I'm not voting for That's Kanye. just like it's voting funny. for it's, Trump. They're both the same it's, person. It's funny because you bring up that, and we have talked about that on our show, Red and Black, a few times as far as why Kanye's in the race, 
what yeah. that really means. And honestly, it's a bigger issue, right? Because it's a over, the last, over the last 20 years, and dare I say it's even been longer than that, you have these celebrity candidates that end up winning big, big offices. I mean, Arnold mm -hmm. Schwarzenegger was a two-term governor of California. Yeah. Yep. Right. Jesse the Body Ventura was a governor of Minnesota. Yep. So right. when you start talking about that and saying, well, why did this get mismanaged? Why did that get mismanaged? Again, let's think about a whole situation in Minneapolis. That police officer had an opportunity to continue throughout his career. Jesse Ventura was a governor at one point in time in that state, and Amy Klobuchar, who ran for, for president, was yeah. a DA that did not take care of some of his past uh, failures to police properly when she was DA in Helperton County, I think that's how you pronounce it, in Minnesota before she ended up becoming a U.S. Senator. You start thinking about all this. Kanye is almost symbolic of the type of talent we get running for the highest offices in the land versus trying to get talented people that care about all sides of a community and try to bring people together. It's still back to that 50 plus one. Can I win just enough votes to win the election and if i can then why not me that's so not not me? that's a popularity contest we're gonna yes, we're is. gonna be we're down to the last three minutes um so much to discuss there were so many things i wanted to talk about being a mother of a young black man a young black man i'm not gonna say young black boy a young black man i'm i'm just afraid for him my thoughts waking up in the morning may be different from uh, a, a, a white woman's thoughts when she's waking up. My prayers may be different. Yeah. I have th the same concern. If she's a mother, then we both have concerns over our children. Our biggest concern is making sure our children and our families are safe and that we can feel protected and we can be uh, healthy and we can uh, proceed, you know, we can move on with our education and, and not feel the crunch of someone's ego or someone's uh, just... It, it, it's just, I just wanted to just, can we just stop? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this, this, this whole, it, it's just a lot. It's, it's so yeah. much that you can't it's, even it's, think of a word to, it's not going to, to describe stop. it. Huh? Yeah. I said, it's, it's not, not going to stop. I think, I think the prayers that the same prayers that you have, black mothers and white mothers have the same prayers. Yeah. It's, just, it's just a different outcome for yeah. their kids. Yeah. The outcome yeah. becomes different. We pray I, that I, our kids be safe, but our black kids do not come home safe. So because of uh, and it's 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 going to take a while to change. It's definitely going to take a while. We gotta, but here's the I know what you know what you, I'm glad you said something, and we did not touch on this, but and I, we're we're out of time, but it it starts within our communities too. We can't look at our governor or our political officials or our our heads of state or heads of government to to lay it out for us we gotta we gotta start within we gotta build within as well we have to we we have to stop fighting one another stop killing one another and keeping it a secret and make and and and, and sticking to the code to hell with the code no i totally agree but you know you know the whole the whole thing that comes up with black on black murders and why you can't we're really not supposed to use that term it's called proximity murders because it happens in a because it happens in every culture. It happens in every neighborhood. White people kill white people, black people kill black people. But the but more you see one, are black on black. But the reason behind see. it is because it's that's behind. That's what we see. That's the that's the media agenda that's pushing. It's also 
the reason why you it's it's we have to fix it but then it goes back to what we're given and what we're allowed to see of ourselves too mm -hmm. so the oppressiveness is the reason why so-and-so's out here killing and robbing somebody is because he's on section eight and that's all he knows he's going to go out here on a block and get it and somebody robbed pookie and now he got it like it's it's a continuous cycle because it starts literally in the schools in the homes and it's 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 it depends on the parents too and what they want to give their kids because there is hella parents who struggle but refuse to let their kids go through that and did what they needed to do versus the parents who don't feel like there's any hope for them and then they just let their kids run the household. They turn 16, they start selling whatever, and then they take the money, and the kids come back home with the money. So now the parents are like, he, he's supporting the house, and that's... But here, here's what needs to be understood, and I'm going to say this very quickly, Kiki, because I know we're running out of time. Mm -hmm. I know. People Sorry. think that, and we can't allow people to, to sell this stereotype to us in the mm -hmm. media or in our communities. It is not, we fix our communities and we start with us and then they'll respect us and then we'll get more jobs and then we'll have equality. Mm -hmm. No, hey. we're going to do all of this all at the same exact time. That's right. It's yeah. not going to run in serial. It's going to run in parallel. Mm -hmm. We can yeah. fix our communities and we need jobs and we need better schools and we need respect between the police and the communities mm -hmm. and exactly. we need to be treated as equal American citizens. And that needs to be something that's pursued with the same level of energy every day. Don't tell me I need one before the other because that's yeah. not how it works in life. I am a child yeah. of God, I am an American. I'm allowed to go pursue and obtain all of those things all at once. And if we as a black community let people allow us to believe that we are not even worthy of getting certain levels of respect or dignity until we fix our homes and fix our boys and get rid of gangs and get rid of drugs. You know, it's a self-perpetuating cycle. No, we'll get it all at once. You do your part. We'll continue to work on this part. We'll get it together. Let's end it on that. Thank you so much, Lenny. Thank I appreciate you. you. Thank Lenny you. Alistair. Uh, just a political strategist and friend of the show. We're just going to say friend of the show. That's cool. That works for me. I, I, yeah. I always want to be that with you ladies. I appreciate you having <laughs> He's me. He's like, I don't want no smoke. I get all of this smoke. Because <laughs> I, I will bring it. <laughs> yeah, yes, we, we know. We know. Why don't you, my I know Jerry's not, Jerry's not here, so I'll just say you can listen for past episodes on Spotify, SoundCloud if you search Urban Media Today, Anchor FM, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and of course YouTube uh, at the Hey Girl Hey Podcast 2020 or Pretty Kitty on your radio. And LaShawn, you can let us know how folks can follow us on social media. Well, you can follow us on Instagram at Hey Girl Hey Podcast 2018 or on Facebook at the Hey Girl Hey Podcast <laughs> or on Twitter at Girl, Girl Hey. 2008. <laughs> <laughs> or you can email us at the Hey Girl Hey <laughs> podcast um, at gmail.com. Or you can call us at 412-709-6130. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. She's, a, she's such a star. I love her. And I, I must say, Sarah. she did not say I am a woman of a certain age today. Not tonight. <laughs> she said not today. 
I wanted to jump on it. Lenny, she usually, she inserts at least one or two, one or two each episode. Yeah, because y'all talk about them, them Kardashians. I'm like, listen. Ain't nobody talking about them I'm a woman of a certain age. I don't care about she no was Kardashians. There, she, had a, she, she was there today. She said, I know, I watched it. Oh, I watched it. I watched it. But you said the other day. Oh, you watched Oh. Yeah, I feel bad. So we're going to end it now because I'm not going to be embarrassed any longer. Thank, I'm radio. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm your radio chick, Kiki Thanks, Brown. Thanks, Portia. I'm your radio chick, Kiki Brown. And I am the chatter chick, LaShawn Tipton. And I'm over here messing it up. I'm Portia Fox. <laughs> Can't wait to have you back, Jer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shouts to Jer, Jer. And we have our good hey, friend, Jer. political commentator, Republican strategist, Lenny McAllister. Thank you so much. What's your show again? Plug your show one more time. Red and Black. Go to YouTube.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Lenny McAllister. You can also follow Red and Black Show on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. Red and Black once a week on the weekends for Red State contributors, all African Americans. You can also find my article on redstate.com talking about the issues that impact all Americans, including us as African Americans. I appreciate you all. Keep up the good work. Be safe. Love you all. Republicans, am I right? Oh, wow. <laughs> 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 You're listening to Urban Media Today Radio, your station for classic soul, R&B, old school hip-hop, gospel, smooth jazz, and more. Listen online at urbanmediatoday.com or download the TuneIn, Live 365, or Urban Media Today Radio apps. They're free, so take us with you. It's Urban Media Today Radio.